You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron Ladd. Oh, he did it! <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Down, I'm like, oh, uh, let, me, let me look at your paper at lunch class. Bro, Make this sure will be the time I will be cooking my plays, but Mr. Hollywood had to change the time up for three hours today. Yeah, well, Sporting snuck into the playoffs. They snuck in through the back door, which is how your plays usually end up working out. But uh, <laughs> yes, indeed, I'm gonna be in uh, be in Children's Mercy Park a little bit later tonight for the Western Conference Wild Card match between Sporting okay. and San Jose. Are you are you a soccer guy at all? Not really. I'm a casual. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm a casual yeah. soccer guy, but. <laughs> Let but you know, I'm always I'm that. always rooting for the hometown, so I'm gonna I'm gonna watch now because Kansas City's in the playoffs. No, you're let's not. go. Do you even have, I'm do, you have, do you even have MLS season pass? No, but I'm gonna I'm stream it. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna do like the uh you gonna do the illegal copy? You got like a little website that can hey, link man, you to anything. I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't giving out my connects, man. We'll keep that under wraps. Well, let's get into it, man. Chiefs Coast to Coast on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, episode 61. Mark Gunnels is a Jayhawk. This is for our audio audience. Mark Gunnels is a Jayhawk for Halloween. That's the funniest costume that he could think of, uh, especially Adidas Jayhawk. That's the, you, you bound to break some rules wearing that costume. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm donned out here in my Tiger costume. Boys 7-1 and one, going into the bye week. Big game against Georgia after. And uh, it's a big day around the show me state potentially with uh, Ryan Wingo possibly committing to Mizzou. So I got my costume here ahead of Halloween as we recap another Chiefs win inside the division over the rival Chargers. And then we'll look ahead to Kansas City's second and final matchup against the Denver Broncos this upcoming Sunday. Can't do that without you, the fam, the listeners, the audience, Arrowhead Pride audience. 816-514-1267 is our voicemail line. We'll play a little voicemail we got later in the show here. You can always chime in wherever you're tapped in, whether it's on X, got it right, <laughs> or YouTube, uh, Facebook, wherever y'all rocking with Chiefs Coast to Coast. Let us know what you're feeling as we get ready for another game here in the kingdom. Uh, are you dressing up for Halloween, Morganos? I'm always a last minute guy, so too that doesn't surprise. That doesn't, see, there, there, that doesn't surprise me at all. Nah, I just caught myself, man, didn't I? Uh, but nah, I don't. I don't know, man. And we'll see. I mean, I might just because Maverick is, you know, you know, I got to show him that, you know, 
be part of the team if you yeah, will. Yeah, so, you know, do like the yeah. family cut. The, the family costumes, I think, are, are are honestly usually the coolest ones. You know, I mean, like you do the proud family, or the, people come up with different ones. I know Travis and Taylor is going to be a very popular one this year. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't wait to see what you and Mav pop out as. Maybe something Chiefs related here, because this is our last episode before yeah, the big day. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Do you have a favorite Halloween candy before we get started? I'm not so I've eliminated sweets from my my diet. Mm. Um, so, but I can give you what I used to like. Black uh, black tummy mark over here. He 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 doesn't eat candy anymore. I used big jo- I used to be a big Jolly Rancher guy. Okay, well, solid. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if I'm going like some chocolate, like the milk chocolate, like the Hershey's, you know, Snickers, Reese's, you know, that type of guy. I've never. Um, What's that one candy people like? It's always a big debate on if it's good or it's not. Candy uh, corn. Yeah, candy, candy corn. I was never candy a candy corn. corn guy. I don't like candy corn either. Candy yeah. corn is gross to me. Yeah. Couldn't All right. Well, what about you? What's your favorite? Um, I like Kit Kat. I like okay. um Hershey's. I like I'm kind of like you. I don't really love sweets. I do like uh, Sour Patch Kids or like Skittles or stuff like that. So, oh, yeah, you know, at the end, of the the night, end of the night, when you get your your uh, loot for the day, that's when you start to make trades. That was my amateur GM days. You know, like, oh, I'll trade a Kit Kat for like a Starburst, you know, make little deals oh, okay. and whatnot. Yeah. I can see you. I can see you politicking in the hallways in school. <laughs> <laughs> let's that. get to it. Let, let's cheese recap. He's a magician. Chiefs recap. Another Chiefs win. Make that six in a row. 31-17 this time over the Los Angeles Chargers. The first note I have on this game is very simple. Big days. For Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes and tight end Travis Kelsey, Mahomes goes 32 of 42 for 424 yards, four touchdowns and an interception for 129 and a half. Rating on the afternoon, Travis Kelsey, my goodness. Uh, it's just, <laughs> I outwardly laughed at one point in the press box because he was just so open at points in the first half. He finishes with 12 catches on 13 targets, 179 total yards, a touchdown along on the day being for 53. I think maybe a younger Kelsey gets in there. You know what I mean? Like he had room green grass. There was one man to beat and he got him there. That was, that was the, that was the one. I mean, that was the one I guess hiccup on a otherwise perfect day for these two. And the, it just, <laughs> there was so many snarky comments on X during this game. And one of them was like, do people did, did the Chargers not even game plan for for 87? Did they forget that 87 was on the roster because he was the straw that was stirring the drink for KC early and often throughout this one, Mark. Aaron, you're missing the the point here. It was the Swifty effect, man. I know you saw that graphic of when she's in attendance versus when he's, she's not in attendance. That is what it is. She gave him the extra power. No, but I mean it's one of those things, right, where we always wonder, how does Kelsey always get so open? Especially now post-Tyreek, right? You don't have another guy, quote-unquote, that teams fear on the outside. So you would think it's just so easy just to double-team him, triple-team him, right, and just play the other guys one-on-one. But for some reason, 
somehow this guy just continues to be open time and time again. I think a lot of it has to do with him being a quarterback in high school. He understands angles and soft spots. Him and Mahomes just have this, their chemistry is unmatched. I mean, it really is one of the best quarterback tight end duos we've ever seen before, man. You're talking about Tom Brady, Gronk, John Elway, and Shannon Sharp. It's right there in the mix, man. Uh, it's really special to see week in and week out. And then let's show some love to Rasheed Rice, man. You know, uh, this guy continues to grow every single week. His yak ability is amazing. I mean, he had a little slant near the goal line and took it all the way up almost near midfield. I mean, the guy has a, a quick burst. Looks like that drop issue is kind of erased at this point now because I think he goes so fast after the catch, he's thinking about that next move. But I think he's reeled that in now. And you see a Chiefs offense that's looking like it's getting back to form. I mean, I, you could argue that was probably the most complete game they've played this, this year minus the Bears, right? We're not really counting that one. <laughs> but against a, a real NFL team, I think this is probably their most complete game. A real NFL team is insane. <laughs> you know, the Bears are not a real. I'm sorry to all my Chicago friends out there. Yeah, that was my big takeaway from the performance. Is like you're starting to see what the offense looks like against legitimate competition. I won't say a real NFL team. But like, <laughs> the Chargers on paper, and really not even just on paper, kind of heading into this matchup, had everything to play for. Division game. We were both saying going into this that three and three looks a lot different than four, two and four. And uh, Justin yeah. Herbert and the offense had started to figure some things out. And there was a moment there where after the long Josh Kelly touchdown that you really thought that this was going to be uh, it's it's not just after the long Josh Kelly touchdown. Gerald Everett scores seven. He gets a seven yard touchdown catch from Herbert uh, at seven or six in the second quarter. It's 17 all. And you're like, all right, well, the offense is going to have to match. Justin Herbert. This is going to have to be back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Uh, how is Casey's offense, which really has been, it's weird because when we say they've been spotty or they've been streaky, they were still top 10 in offensive DVOA. This is still a, a unit that was racking up a lot of points and a lot of yardage, but we, we were holding them to their standard, right, Mark? And when we yeah. hear they want points on every drive and they go one for five in the red zone against Denver, we start to say, you know, what's going on? The first half of this one, yes, it was a lot of Kelsey to Mahomes or Mahomes to Kelsey. It felt like a more balanced attack. Mahomes had spread it around on the first drive to, I believe, seven different receivers. Um, the penalties are the one thing that I probably still worry about long term. Uh, six for 43 in this game, which was down from some of their preview performances. The timing of them hurts. The timing of them is something that worries about me going forward when you're playing against top-tier, top-flight offenses that can go point-for-point point with you. Um, but overall, this is a this is a passing grade for KC against a good team. Yeah. I mean, and we talked about it last week, heading to this matchup. You're playing a very desperate Chargers team, right? They didn't want to fall to two and four. They just came off a heartbreaking loss Monday night against the Cowboys. And we know that Brandon Staley is super aggressive. I thought there was a couple of spots, actually. I was surprised he didn't go for it on fourth down. Um, so, it, you know, it's just really weird that, you know, you think you have identity there, but then one week he gets super conservative all of a sudden. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You got this ultra-aggressive Madden guy that I thought you were the, the previous week. So that definitely uh, threw me off a little bit. And Justin Herbert dealing with the finger-hand situation doesn't help at all. 
And the fact they didn't have Mike Williams, right? I think that's a big thing to mention because he's been known as like the quote unquote Chiefs killer, right? He's been a guy that it mm. seems like every game against the Chiefs, he turns into Megatron or Terrell Owens or something. So uh, him, them not having him definitely hurts. Quentin Johnson hasn't reached the level that they're looking for at this point. Their first round pick receiver. And then Keenan Allen, like I said last week, he's going to go under his his receiving yards. That's what the Chiefs defense does. They take away your, your main weapon. And outside of that, they didn't really have anybody else to really put a threat to this defense. I mean, Austin Eckler is a second game back. I think he's yeah. still getting the flow of things there. But the first half it looked like it was going to be a shootout, right? Like it was 17-17. You know, both teams are fine up and down the field, but second half they got shut out. I'm kind of surprised that Brandon Staley is still the head coach there. Uh, I don't just, think so. Do it. They won't do it in season, though. I don't see the Chargers as one of those franchises. Just feel like after the playoff game, even last year, like it was going to take a lot to kind of re-inspire yeah. and re-energize yeah. and kind of get the faith back. And now you're two and four, and they're two and four in third place in the division. I think the Raiders are second, right? Like so, they're looking up at two teams. Seven weeks in, it, are they a wild card team this year, in your opinion? No, I don't think they are. I think the wild cards, I think you definitely get one from the AFC East, whether it's the Bills or Dolphins. Yeah. And I think you probably get three teams out of the North, right? The winner, which may be the Ravens as of right now, and then maybe the Bengals and Browns are the Steelers. Like, you know, all those teams like are 500 or better. So I think – all your wild cards are coming from the north and the east. Sticking with our Chiefs Chargers recap, we had two debuts in the game from McCole Hartman. It wasn't necessarily a Chiefs debut. How about a Chiefs debut in 2023? Uh, has an impact on special teams with a big 50 yard punt return to kind of seal it, help KC score again late in the game. And put it away i had a chance to catch up with him on the field after and talked about just his first game back in the kingdom drs on that punt return helped kind of seal and put this one away in the second half what'd you see on that play man all i know is toad was on my ass because i let the other one go so I, I knew i had to make up for it man he gave me a good punt man and i just you know seen green grass and just hit it i know you were here before but coming back into the group now coming from a different a locker room coming back here what makes this place so special here in kansas city what the nucleus has here man just just everybody man the, the, the whole the whole team the coaching staff everybody got one goal man everybody on the same page and um where everybody just gel together everybody vibe very well man so I, I love to be a part of it. i'm glad i'm back man and you know they welcome me back with open arms and now it's just time to meet week in week out just to get better that 12 just doesn't look it doesn't look the same Give my I man 17 12. back, man. I don't, you know we Richie don't like James it. has it. We don't like 12, bro. I'm not I'm not a 12 fan. I wanted him to go get zero. I feel like zero would have been cool. I like, think that looks like somebody that's fast is supposed to wear zero. No like reporting 12, here, 12 but I think KC <laughs> has like a vendetta against zero. I feel like zero guys have asked for it and been told no. That's my guess. Yeah, you know, we're so traditional. We can't even get an alternate jersey. <laughs> you know, they only just sell them at Walmart. You got the black or the yellow Chiefs jersey. We just got to wear the red or the white every single week because we're just so traditional. <laughs> Think Through Tactical is rocking with us on YouTube. Says, best show on the Arrowhead Pride channel. My guys, what's good? Sounds like they're in favor of Agent Zero as well. Appreciate the love on the chat. 
episode 61 here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. <clears throat> so we're talking McCole Hardman and his return. Look, I, I don't think it was a perfect debut for McCole, and I talked about this a little bit on 610 yesterday with Carrington Harrison. McCole is a little bit of a Band-Aid for what's going on with the Chiefs wide receiver room right now, and I think it helps when you get the reports out of practice on Wednesday that Justin Watson is back after many expected him to miss a couple weeks. He misses just that one game and is probably going to be a limited participant on Thursday. So, look, McColl is not a completely different player also than what you saw last time he was in a Chiefs uniform. I'm thinking about the pick that he was targeted on where Mahomes kind of tries to go deep there. And maybe we could talk about his deep ball uh, problems a little bit later in the show. He had a specific role or has a specific role on this team now, and it played it well in his first game, specific to McCole Harbin, Mark. Yeah, you know, I think it's one of those things where you lose a player, he's gone for a little bit, and then you kind of forget what he actually is. You know, you, you start thinking he's better than what he really was during his time on your team just because he's not there anymore. And I think you got a lot of that. But I'm okay with McCole Harbin being – the same McCole Harmon that he was in Kansas City the first time. I'm fine yeah. with that because he's still your fastest receiver on the roster. And he's, like I said before, he offers that cheat code part to your offense where if things are kind of stifled and kind of stagnant, you can do a quick little jet sweep. He could take it 50 yards any given play. And that can jumpstart your offense. So I think once he gets incorporated more, uh, you'll start seeing more of that stuff being brought back to the offense. I like him on the punt return game, bring some juice that you didn't have there before. Washington was fine, but McColl is one of those guys that can take it to the house any given time. And like I said, it's just the just the jump starts a cheat code when your offense isn't playing that well. You can flip the field position. Now you're starting at the opposing team's 40 versus your own 30 or whatever it is. You know, things like that matter. And it's just big momentum plays. So I'm happy for him just being what he is. I'm not asking him to be a route technician or anything like that or the, the next Tyreek Hill. You know, I just want him to be the same McCole Hardman that he was before. I think that's what this defense, this offense needs. Well, it was a Chiefs debut for Charles Amenahue after the six-game suspension. He comes back, plays his first game in the win over the Chargers and makes a big impact, Mark. It was a sack for Amenahue. Two total tackles, two quarterback hits, plus the pass deflected that leads to the interception and a tackle for loss. I thought his sound after the game was really revealing because this is a guy that had been around. I mean, he was in the facility and we had seen him around, but never really got an opportunity to talk to him. Didn't really talk in the lead up to this game as well, but took the podium after having this big game in the win and talked about how hard it was for him to spend the time away. And <clears throat> look, I understand what he was suspended for and I'm not taking away from that or making any light of that situation um but in the football side of things he was very reflective in the time away and how the organization kind of helped support him through this uncertainty changing teams joining a team that has a high standard of winning and then helping them win in their first game and getting a sack in that game I think he called the sack one of the biggest moments of his career up to that point He's going to be a big part of what they like to do defensively going forward, Mark. And if you were, as you had been on this platform, talking all offseason, talking all the first six games about, hey, this defense is getting a guy back who's going to be a difference maker. 
we saw that right away. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're talking about a guy that I thought before the suspension could be second on this team in sacks behind Chris Jones. I mean, it's still actually not out of the realm of possibility. Right now he has one sack. The second leader is Mike Dana with four and a half. So, I mean, the gap isn't that huge to where he could still accomplish that feat. But despite that, I mean, you're talking about a debut. You probably couldn't ask for a better one, right? You get a sack. You get a tackle for a loss. And you get the pass deflection that led to interception. I mean, I've said it before. This is a guy that kind of got buried in a sense in San Francisco because they have one of the deepest defensive lines in the league. You know, he was a rotational piece there. He had five and a half sacks there last year, I believe. He's only 26 years old. So this is kind of right in the smack of your prime, right? Especially for a defensive lineman. 26 to about 30-ish is when, like, you expect to have the best years of your your career. So I think we got him at a really good time. You're right next to Chris Jones, who I think is the best D tackle in the league right now. I don't think there's much argument there. Sorry, Aaron Donald backers. But uh, yeah, Charles Amenehu, he's in a great spot. This defense was already top five without him. And now you add a guy who I think is going to be your second most impactful defensive lineman. Let's head into our grab bag now as we're moving mightily along here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. Mark Gunnels, Aaron Ladd, Steven Serta behind the board. Let's talk Chiefs wideout Justin Ross. And I'm reading an article off KSHB 41 online. Of course, there's a lot more information and out now than what was happening earlier this week. Kind of glad we had a little bit of time uh, to wait and let the situation develop. This is from Todd Palmer and the KSHB 41 News staff. Chiefs Wide receiver Justin Ross arrested Monday afternoon in Shawnee, uh, showed uh, arrested for alleged criminal damage of greater than a thousand, but less than 25K. Chiefs confirmed that they were aware he practiced at the facility on Wednesday. Andy Reid said they're monitoring the situation. We'll actually hear from him and quarterback Patrick Mahomes before going any further on this Justin Ross story. Yeah, all the. Well, all the situations are different. So, um, you know, obviously the law enforcement part of it, you, you listen to what uh, the real details of what went on. And and then we keep open communication, Brett, myself, and our people that deal with the law enforcement. So, um, you know, and then we make the final decision from there. And, um, we all we, we love Justin. Um, I don't know too many of the details um, as far as that goes, but uh, you know, in this locker room, it's a brotherhood, so we just try to pick each other up as much as possible. My thoughts on this are very simple, Mark. It's a bummer. I don't think any man should hit a woman. I think that we should wait for all the information to come out, and once we get more information, we can make a further, more educated talk and conversation from there but as of what we know right now he's practicing for kansas city and looks on track to play on sunday yeah um just gonna let the legal process play out here i don't want to speak too much on it until all the until all the facts come out but definitely a unfortunate situation to say the least though just all the way around i agree and I think CDOT kind of touched on this a little, so I'll echo his thing briefly before we moved on, before we move on. This kid's overcome so much adversity to get to this point. To kind of see something like this happen from any side, from any angle, I don't, I'm not, I'm not rooting for anyone's demise. And I, 
just want everyone involved to learn and hopefully we can take something from this and be better going forward. I don't know that the chat is chiming in now and <clears throat> he says that wants to know what his likelihood of staying on the team is. I don't know. He's not as big of a piece as others. I could see Kansas city cutting bait with him and it being another story we talk about on the next podcast and we move on. It's just, it's unfortunate this whole thing happened and um, it stinks, Mark. Yeah, I mean, it's never good, obviously. But when you're talking about his placement on the roster, you're talking about a guy that we were even wondering, would he even make the team of a few months ago, right? So the the it's a very, very short leash when it comes to uh, these type of things. You know, we, you had the Tyreek situation a few years ago, Willie Gay last year. But those are guys that are starters. Like, those guys are getting quality majority of the snaps. So, like I said, we'll just let the situation play out. He was at practice on Wednesday, and we'll just we'll go from there. I want to stick with uh, some housekeeping notes. How about some injury updates for Kansas City? They did practice on Wednesday, which is the day we recorded this, October 25th. Andy Reid updated the status on Nick Bolton. The linebacker sustained a wrist injury in the win over the Chargers was in a lot of pain, and I'm really I, I posted on X that I was bummed for Bolton because I am, man. This is not a guy who had been injury prone in the past. Missed a couple games earlier this year, I believe, with a low ankle sprain or ankle sprain. I won't say low, just ankle sprain. Now, Andy Reid says he had surgery in Los Angeles on Tuesday and is expected to return to Kansas City on Wednesday. I remember the report from Tom Pelissero, I believe, was up to two months, which is a large, large portion of the schedule for Kansas City. We know Drew Tranquil stepped in in Nick Bolton's absence earlier this season and now is expected to do the same as Bolton recovers from a, a midseason surgery. Yeah, definitely wasn't the best news. But at the same time, I think it is good that we already saw Drew Tranquil fill in for him previously when he missed a few games, right? So I do think you have the comfort level there of knowing you have a veteran that it has the experience to take over. And the main thing is, which it is for every single Chiefs season, is playoff football in January, and he will be ready for then. It looks like he better come back probably a few games before the playoffs, which would be good to kind of get his feet back wet, get into a rhythm so he's not just thrown into the fire of playoff football. So while it sucks, I, I do think the Chiefs are still in a good spot to survive without him. And I thought Justin Watson was the Chiefs' best wide receiver or more con most consistent wide receiver, maybe the one that Patrick Mahomes showed the most trust in early in the season before he suffered an elbow injury in the win over the Minnesota Vikings. Was it the Minnesota Vikings? No, that was the next game. No, he, he got hurt in the Vikings game. Was it Vikings or Broncos? I think it might have been Broncos. Was it? But he yeah, played the Vikings game because he met the Mary made that catch, yeah, that crazy we, catch. We, but we talked after the Vikings yeah. game, so it okay. could have been. Oh, okay, 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 okay. okay. That's, right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Anyway, the report after he got hurt was dislocated elbow, maybe. And then Andy Reid kind of came back and said, no, it's just kind of a uh, an elbow contusion, bruise and kind of maybe shed light on the initial prognosis of him missing a lot of time. We got a, a big part or a big answer on that part here on Wednesday. He's a limited participant in practice, Mark, after just missing last week's game. I think if he were to come back 
and play this Sunday after just missing the one week. Huge win for Kansas City's wide receiver room and offers that steadying presence, that trusting presence for Patrick Mahomes. This, this, and this is perfect timing with the McCole Hardman move as well. Things coming to come, things starting to come together and the chemistry starting to come together for KC. Yeah, this news shocked me. I, I thought this would be injury that kind of lingered throughout the season a little bit. I thought he would miss a few weeks and it kind of makes me wonder, is it a little push to play for him? Because, you know, you got McCole Harmon there. Rice is starting to get familiar. You know, you're Justin Watson. You're a guy that you're, you're never too comfortable in the NFL, right? You're, you're on a, a short-term deal. You know, you're always wondering about that next contract. So I wonder there's a little bit of that in, in this because th this seems a little early to me. I'm, I'm a little surprised by this. Actually, I'm, I'm very surprised by this. Well, it could be a situation also. I did see a big... My buddy Harold tweeted out the the practice video from today. They practice inside as we're getting just drenched and rained on here in Kansas City. Some much needed rain, so the Chiefs go inside on Wednesday. Oh man, you I know what rain looks like, man. You know, if you were to come home, Everett, and maybe you would see the seasons. You know, the leaves change. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe you finally put a jacket on. Bro, I was just there about a month ago. Stop playing with me. He had one of these, like, you know how Gronk used to have those big, like, elbow braces? And yeah. like, he had he had one of those on there. So I could see him being limited all three days this week. This is just a guess. This is not me reporting anything. Please don't aggregate me. But I could see him being limited all three days this week going into the game with a questionable tag and being a game-time decision. And he should not play this week. It's not worth it. It's the well, Broncos. And then you got the what the Dolphins after this one, right? Broncos, Dolphins, bye. That's the, that's the game you need. The, and then you got the bye right after that. So sit out this week. They don't need you for the Broncos game. Play in the, the Germany game against the Dolphins. That's the big one. Then you get the bye to even rest up a little bit more after that. I think that makes the most logical sense. Well, we will be monitoring Justin Watson's practice habits this week ahead of Chiefs and Broncos Sunday in Denver. We also are, I believe, one week away. Not I believe. I know. The NFL's trade deadline is October 31st at 3 p.m. Central Time. Oh, we, are, we, we were like 23 and a half hours. Like we were no we we started right at the 24 hour mark from the NFL's trade deadline. I put down Frank Clark here, and there's actually been some news on the Frank Clark oh. front. You sent this in the group message. Frank Clark is signing a one-year deal with the Seattle Seahawks after taking a visit uh, sometime this week. He's going to do the physical and officially sign to their 53-man roster. So we know Frank Clark services are already taken care of. He will not be a Kansas City Chief. I think Chris Jones spoke to some media members in the locker room today and said he wishes the best for him, wanted it to work out, but understands that this is a business and sometimes things happen. So you can react to that, Mark Gunnels, or you can answer this question. Will the Kansas City Chiefs make another move ahead of the NFL trade deadline on Halloween this year? Am I allowed to answer both? Is that an option? Sure. Go ahead. I'll just sit back and chill. Yeah, you just sit back and relax yeah. with your Tiger outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kick my feet up. yeah. All right. So let's address Frank Clark to begin with. Uh, yeah, I did think he was going to come back. You know, it was it would have been a good feel-good story. But let's be honest. I think most of the Chiefs' kingdom really wanted him back just for that. 
for the feels and the vibes and for the post-game interview with Aaron Ladd on the field after another AFC Championship victory. That's what we really, really wanted him back for because it's not necessarily a need, especially now you got Charles and Minihue in the fold. So, yeah, you can never have too much depth on the D-line, but they're fine. I think that's what Brett Veach probably even told Frank Clark while he was in Kansas City. I'm pretty sure they had a pretty honest conversation because if if Frank if Brett Veach wanted Frank Clark back, he would be back. So I believe that there was no offer on the table for Frank Clark. That's what I think. And I think that's why he even left in the first place and went to Denver. So, and then at, like I said, after seeing a Minahue, I think that really kind of closed the door on bringing Frank Clark back. And, you know, we kind of felt like Frank Clark is ours, but you know what? He actually started his career in Seattle. I know you need to forget that sometimes. That's actually where he started his NFL career, people. And we got him in a trade. I know it seems like a long time ago. So he's actually going back to his original home. <laughs> and that's a playoff team. So he still have a chance to break the all-time sack record in the playoffs because Seattle's going to make the playoffs this year. Let me chime in here quickly before we get you on the trade deadline. Casey actually did acquire some defensive line help earlier this week. It was an old friend and also a Super Bowl champ in Mike Pinnell pointed out in the chat by Damian. That's accurate. Mike Pinnell signed a practice squad deal with the Chiefs, currently wearing number 69, and I did see him in practice today, courtesy our friend Matt Derrick, who follows the team very closely. So Mike Pinnell comes back on a practice squad deal. And Mark, just maybe... That's why Frank Clark isn't a chief because he wanted. I, I noticed something that was very specific that was pointed out. You got to look at the phrasing of some of these reports that come out from insiders, right? The, the specific phrasing that came out with the Frank Clark deal with Seattle is he signed it as a 53 man roster. He ain't doing no practice squad deal. He ain't doing no wait and see. He is signed to the 53 man roster. I yeah. always thought that if Frank Clark came to Kansas City and it worked out, it would be through the practice squad. Maybe, maybe just maybe that's why it happened that way. Um, I don't know for sure, but I did think that that was interesting and how that was pointed out uh, through some of the leaks and the reports and the phrasing that we got today when that deal was announced. Now, specific to the trade deadline, do you see any deals happening or was McCole Hardman the move for KC as we're just one week away? Yeah, that was probably the move. I was so close to itching back on the D hop train though, but with Justin Watson coming back way earlier than I expected, I think that kind of closes the door there. Because think about you it. You need help, dog. You, re- no, you, you, really, need, you really need help, Think man. about it, though. And I wasn't I wasn't going to be on this at all, but it, it kind of made sense. If Justin Watson's injury was lingering, Richie James, who knows when he's coming back. And now with the Justin Ross thing, we don't know how it's going to play out. You could You could have been down potentially three receivers. So if that would have played out, then I think you would have kicked the tires on a D-hop potential trade because the Titans are having a fire sale. I mean, they just got rid of Kevin Byard, uh, all pro safety to the freaking Eagles. The rich get richer in Philadelphia. Derrick Henry's name has been floating around. D-hop's name has been floating around. I mean, Hunter Renfro, I think, is another name I saw today. Yeah, um, you got him, maybe Devontae Adams, potentially, if if the Raiders eat some of that dead money there. I mean, you got some uh, Hollywood Brown from the yeah. Cardinals. I think he's definitely going to get traded somewhere. I think that's a, almost pretty much a lock. I, I feel more real confident he's getting traded. I don't know where, but maybe Buffalo. I hate to say it, but I think Buffalo may need a little extra juice there on the wide receiver, too. 
But yeah, I don't think the Chiefs make a big move at all. Well, speaking of fire sale, let's get to our Chiefs preview. Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. The Chiefs are preparing to play the Denver Broncos for second time in three weeks. Yep. Hate when this happens. So weird. Yeah. It'll be the seven and one Kansas City Chiefs facing off six and one Kansas City Chiefs facing off against. I mean, you just you just you just know they're going to win this week. That's all. That's all. (laughs) Just pencil it in early. You know. You. I mean, given the streak, right? Is it sixteen in a row now? Sixteen in a row. Sweet 16 for, for Kansas City. We started this by saying fire sale. I don't know why Denver hasn't already started their fire sale. There's been rumors of, hey, Jerry Judy's out here. Hey, they might part ways with Russell Wilson at the end of the year. I heard somebody say, oh, by the way, you know, this new ownership is not completely sold on Sean Payton either if this whole thing doesn't look promising by the end of the season. Like, why hasn't Denver just said, you know what? This is not currently working what we're doing. Let's start over new. Well, I think they want to have one chance of a last showcase. And what better team to have your last showcase against the defending Super Bowl champions, right? It's because the trade deadline is two days after this game. Yeah, but why would you risk anybody getting hurt? You know, like if I have a deal in place for Jerry Judy, like I'm not running Jerry Judy out there to get hurt against the Chiefs in a game we're not going to win. It's a risk, but maybe you're thinking, hey, if we can kind of force spoon the ball, we can get a we can go up around in the in the pick that we're asking for. Instead of a, a fourth, we can get a third. Yeah, I don't I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of. But yeah, I this team I know some Bronco fans personally, they were upset that they won that game last week against the Packers by one point. I mean, because at this point, why are you winning games? Because you're just ruining your, your your draft order. This team isn't going anywhere this year. They had their second win of the season. And I think there's even more reason why this game probably won't even be competitive because they they got one they got their second win out the out the way now. So now they're probably not going to win another game until another month or so. So yeah. Oh, uh, this game has no juice anymore. I mean, wh- wh- where do we even break down this matchup? Like, wh- where do we, what angle do we take to make this sound interesting? <laughs> you know, this is your, this is what you do professionally, Mark Gunnels. Like, you make games that maybe necessarily don't have juice. Like, you know, you're supposed to give them some, ju- you're supposed I mean, to talk you, up. Looks like you don't have anything either, Aaron. But you know what? I can't make this game up. interesting. I can't make it interesting. Here go we go. Ahead. Yeah, you want you it got? right now? <laughs> what kind of meals is Russell Wilson going to cook this week? Oh is it, is it going to be a, a five-star meal that you get from your favorite steakhouse? Or is it going to be some ramen noodles? You you back in Columbia in your dorm room wondering how, what you're, what you're going to do with your life. <laughs> you know, the talk before the first time these two teams matched up was like, hey, Russell Wilson, like, Hasn't been terrible this year. That was kind of the talk. Like, he had high touchdown numbers. The numbers looked fine, but he wasn't playing winning ball. And I still don't change – I still haven't changed my mind about that. Like, their offense does not scare me whatsoever. It was no almost – I mean, 
I don't want to say constipated, but it was it was tough for them to score. Cortland Sutton had to make an outstanding catch for them to even get the touchdown at the end. What, what you got? No, here we go. Because you 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 challenged my uh my producing skills. I ain't like that. So here we go. <laughs> I, I got I got I got how I can make this game interesting from a Chiefs angle. Could this be? I'm just being a contrarian here. This is a look ahead spot. You play the Dolphins the week after. In Germany, mind you're traveling across to a whole different country. So, I mean, guys are probably already getting their bags ready for that trip before this game, thinking about that time zone difference. I'm not sure how exactly how early they're getting there. Do you know information on that, by the way? Do we know that? I do. Kansas City is okay. actually traveling late. I believe okay. they're going to get in on that Friday morning. That, that okay. is what my okay. belief is. There are teams that have done it different okay. ways. To my understanding, KC and, is going to be the team that lands Friday morning. And do we know about Miami travel planes? I don't know about Miami okay. travel okay. planes. But yeah, I think that's an interesting angle here because you beat this team 16 straight times. You just beat them two weeks ago. It, you That game was never, never in doubt. They did just come off a win. Back-to-back home games. They're staying in Denver. You're traveling to Denver. Then after this, shortly you're traveling to Germany against Probably your most hyped game of the season, going against Tyreek Hill, the revenge game, everything that comes with that. Could it be an overlooked game, potentially, where it's closer than we think? Always. I always think division games are are close, and that was my justification for picking the the Denver Broncos to end the streak this year. I was like, you know what? It's it's, it's about time. KC's going to sleepwalk into one of these games eventually. They're going to have their mind somewhere else. They're going to be focused on Taylor Swift or they're going to be focused on Germany and what they're going to be doing in Frankfurt and the beer and the brats. And I don't see it, Mark Gunnels. I see more history coming up for Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, who is possibly going to set another record with a win over Denver on Sunday. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes is already 12-0 and in games he started against Denver, seeking to do something quarterback has never done before, and that's go 13-0. and No quarterback in league history has ever started 13-0 wow. against a single opponent. We're starting to get to the point with Mahomes' stats now that it's just like we're numb. We don't even we don't even feel it. We don't even <laughs> we don't even recognize what this guy is doing week after week. And while we're here, this wasn't in our rundown. I should have told you to add it. Did you see Travis Kelsey talking about Mahomes chasing the goat and potentially being the goat? Did you see that? Where was that on uh, New Heights? Yeah, I believe. Well, no, he was interviewing some, with somebody else. I forgot the publication. I apologize on that. And then even Tom Brady spoke on it, and he was talking about how, you know, he can't really see it because he's done it for so long. But if there is one guy that he has his eye on, it is Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, if he gets his third ring this year at 28, and right now he's the favorite for MVP, which is crazy because we don't feel like Mahomes actually played that well this year. But that's because the standard is so high. But he's still the favorite right now to win MVP. So as of right now, the Chiefs are Super Bowl favorites. Mahomes is favored to win MVP, and obviously he wins Super Bowl. He's probably going to win Super Bowl MVP as well, which would be his third. I mean, I know it's, it's going to be hard to get the seven, but does he have to get seven to be the GOAT? I don't think he does, Aaron, because this is why I say that. It's kind of like 
in a way the Jordan Bill Russell thing to me. Even though Brady did play kind of in the same era as Mahomes, even though he was obviously way before, but I think it's the style of play from Mahomes that can kind of put him over the top. Because even though Bill Russell has 11 rings, Jordan had that flare and flash. Like, we've never seen this before. Dunking from the free throw line, doing reverses and stuff like that. So I think when you look at, when you combine that with the winning, I think that's where Mahomes can have the edge where he doesn't have to get seven rings. If he gets four or five, I think you can call him the GOAT. I have no interest. I, I know, I know, I know you don't like these conversations, Aaron. I know you don't like these. A goat debate, really? But I mean, but I mean, we have to discuss it, though. Where he's the guy that has a chance to challenge it. Let's go to Vegas, man. Ah, oh, Aaron's gonna die at the top. Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by Elite Church. Let's go to Vegas with Mark. Look at Aaron ducking hot topics, man. I know where you're not the goat. Wow. <laughs> I know I know one man who's not the goat. And that's I didn't, for have, damn a, I didn't have a bad week, though. I didn't have you a bad week. had a fine week. Statistic, I mean, this is probably your best week statistic. No, I've had, I had a couple two-in-ones. Don't do that. I had a couple two-in-one weeks. <laughs> I think this is my first. I think it's my first tie I've ever had, though. Like, first push ever. This push, is yeah. this is this is the first push I remember marking down. Didn't have any last year, but you did last week. Let's recap the picks from last week. Kansas City did win over the Broncos, but Mark Gunnels missed when he picked, or excuse me, they did win over the Chargers, but he missed when he picked Chris Jones to finish over a half a sack. This was Chris Jones's first game without a sack. All season. That was the only miss for Mark Gunnels. He hit on the under for Keenan Allen's receiving yards. Line was at 77 and a half. I believe Keenan Allen finished with 55 receiving yards. And the famous push that we've been talking about, which had you just waited and gotten a better number. (laughs) Bruh, I saw it at 48 and a half, too. That's the worst part about it, bro. He oh took my 48. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going by what you see. We're going by what you say on this pro, on these microphones right here on Chiefs. But to be honest, I, I should be grateful for the push because the first half looked like it was gonna go way over. <laughs> so you took 48, it was 48 exactly. So Mark goes one, one, and one last week for a season total of eight, twelve, and one. I, you're right in it. I mean, this is this is money time, you're treading water a little bit. You had a bad week there, kind of in the middle, but you recovered. All it takes is one three and a week to set you right back up. Will it be a trick or a treat for Mark Gunnels as we're in Vegas here on Chiefs Coast to Coast Arrowhead Pride? Episode 61, Mark Gunnels, what are your plays this week? All right, so I got three for you like I always do. I'm starting off with Chiefs first half spread. I got it at minus four and a half. I think the Chiefs jump on them early. I can see them being up by at least a touchdown at halftime. I mean, this Broncos team almost went scoreless in the first meeting. They got benefited by a, a bad rough in the passer call, got a garbage touchdown, got the two-point conversion, got eight points. But this is a bad offense, I don't think, against this defense, especially with a minute who now they're going to have much going. So I love the Chiefs to at least be up by five or more at halftime. And I got Russell Wilson. 
under on passing touchdowns at 1.5. If he does get a touchdown, it's going to be one. There's no way he's throwing two passing touchdowns in this game. That would mean they score 14 points, and I don't see that happening. Like I mentioned before, they barely, barely scored in the first meeting. And then my last play, I'm going with Pacheco, anytime touchdown at 0.5. I think he gets back in the end zone, uh, whether it's a run, rushing or receiving. It, these are these are combined into one. He just has to get in the end zone. So I, I like that a lot. I, I could see a scenario where they're near the goal line and they just hand it off to him. Or even in the passing game, we saw that too, right? You know, take a little screen and, and run it in the end zone as well. So you, you give me both those options for him just to get one touchdown either way, I'm going to take it. So those are my three plays. Chiefs first half, minus four and a half. Russell Wilson under on passing touchdowns at 1.5. And Pacheco anytime touchdown. I like the plays this week. If I have to give my lad lock or my lad seal of approval, Pacheco anytime touchdown feels like the winner here. KC loves to target and get their running backs involved in the goal line area. Jarek McKinnon had a touchdown, a long touchdown last week that was called back on a penalty. I still don't think the, I still think the process is there for Kansas city. They still like to target and get their running backs involved in that area. They had success in the first meeting against Denver, and I expect the same thing when they match up in Denver this Sunday. Let me do one more scroll through the chat here before we get out of here. Talked about the sporting game tonight, looking ahead to Halloween. Uh, thank you, Gary. He thinks I'm going three out of three this week. <laughs> <laughs> Gary's lying to you. <laughs> oh wow no we actually had a voicemail Serta was right we actually had a voicemail this week let, let, let's start with the voicemail oh yeah 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 hey what's cracking this is your boy reggie from anaheim california uh my question or my comment more or less is uh <clears throat> would it not would it not be feasible for andy reed to begin incorporating uh the old school oklahoma uh, veer triple option where you'd have Pacheco, Clyde, and probably Blake Bell lined up in that in that V formation uh, and be able to run the triple option out of that. It would give Andy the opportunity to run a lot of misdirection stuff while at the same time being able to leverage gaps and the defensive linemen in ways that they haven't probably seen uh, ever because most of them have never probably played against a, a, a veer option or uh, or, 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 or an old school three yards in a cloud of dust formation. So, uh, that, that's my question. Uh, would, would that not serve, uh, better, uh, for our short yard, short yardage woes? Uh, once again, this is Reggie from Anaheim. Go Chiefs. Let me get the first crack at this one. First and foremost, thank you, Reggie, for Anaheim for chiming in and giving and us can I say, Can I take credit for that, that view? Cause he's out here in California. That there's 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 no way that that wasn't from my influence in being in LA. I, I brought him to coast to coast. So shout out to, shout out to the, shout out to California man. Reggie from Anaheim, who has nothing to do with Mark Gunnels. Yeah, sure, you can take credit for bringing him in because y'all both live in the biggest state in the country. Yeah, sure. Um, I I, I think that he is on. I think that he's on the right track with KC short yardage game. Like it's going to look weird. Like the Kelsey touchdown 
I don't know what the hell that was. Like the shovel underneath to kind of misdirect half tush push. Like they're going to do a lot of weird stuff in short yardage. And it is frustrating for some fans. For me, I just want to see them run their normal offense. I don't want to see them fake field goal in short yardage situations. I don't want to see Blake Bell under center in short yardage situations. Like, I want to see 15 run a quarterback sneak. Or I want to see them try and get Rasheed Rice on a one-on-one. Or, like, run the same play that Tyreek Hill ran in the short yardage situation against, uh, what was that, Cleveland? Against Chad Hen- like with Chad Henney, like, and Gary's in California as well, like. <laughs> it's uh i think it's gonna be weird it's gonna be a work in progress i don't think we're gonna get a traditional eye formation run up the gut i don't think you're gonna get um a, a quarterback sneak even though that patrick Mahomes has said that he's lobbied for it in the past like i think this oklahoma formation and try and do some triple option off tackle stuff like that's not that far off like they're gonna try and do something that has a lot of eye candy that people have not seen before that makes the defense stop and think for just one second and makes them freeze up enough to where the space to get the first down comes open how they create that space is in the mind of andy reed and the and the lab and the creativity that they have at, at the practice facility Look at Aaron with the hard-hitting analysis, the all 22 nuts and bolts. I love it, Aaron. People be, people question, does he does he know, does he have that? Does he know what this formation is? No, I'm just playing. Uh, but you know what's funny about this? And it, it, Hey, I'm not blowing smoke. I'm not gaslighting. Andy Reid may listen to may listen to this and call this play. I mean, he, he, a, he, he drove a play that a janitor drew up for him. Remember that story, Aaron? I, I heard a that janitor. story. Yeah. So why wouldn't he listen to Coast to Coast and listen to my guy out here in Anaheim? You never know. Andy, you just never know. You never know. So I'm all for it. Who knew we had such a big listener base in, uh, in California on the West Coast? Chiefs Kingdom truly is. Yes. Yo, he is not a kid from Kansas City. His Kansas City card is revoked. Appreciate y'all rocking with us here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. Next just week. Have, oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Just have no, some. Go ahead. Break. You the host. Go ahead. Some go breaking ahead. news. Um, Adam Schefter just tweeted that Tyreek mispracticed today due to a hip injury. Something to monitor. Just something to monitor. That is nothing to monitor. Not practicing for a hip injury? Hip injuries can be tricky. That's all I'm saying. On a Wednesday, Mark Gunnels. I'm just saying. I'm just delivering the news. That's all I'm doing. All right, go ahead. You're the host. Now nah, you send us out of here. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Curse the Curse with me and Aaron Ladd. We'll be back next Wednesday to review this beatdown of the Denver Broncos. Oh! And we're going to preview. And we're going to preview. Probably the game of the year, right? The Miami Dolphins in Germany. Tyreek Hill versus the Chiefs next week. Should be a fun one. Until then, see you guys next week. We out.